Hi, this is Pastor Larry Cole, and you are listening to Torchbearers. Uh, I really want to thank you for joining in. Uh, Today I'm really excited about what I'm going to share because it is just revolutionizing um, everything. It's revolutionizing my prayer life. My prayer life has moved to greater heights, um, where in times past it may have taken me uh, a long time in in prayer just to get uh, my soul settled into the Lord uh, in a place where I'm not distracted by thoughts, uh, by uh, tasks and priorities, obligations that I've got to do, where I've been distracted by uh, emotions about certain things, you know, when you're going through a hard time or or whatnot. Um, A lot of times in prayer, it can really take us a while to settle in Um, to get separated from those things and be able to settle into the Lord. Um, And recently, I have just been able to sprint through those things, uh, through anything that I need to work out in my soul with the Lord to enter into His grace. Um, The last verse in 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul says, the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is a pattern that I have used for years um, just to go to greater depths in the Lord. By receiving the grace of Jesus, I'm receiving uh, a new heart. He is, that's what grace is. It's a new heart. Yesterday's heart is old. I need a new heart for today because today I've got new tasks at hand. I've got new adventures. Um, to to go through and yesterday's heart is going to prevent me from being more fruitful today. So I've got to get into the presence of Jesus and when I do, he's going to give me that new heart. And then once I've got that new heart, Jesus then gives me access to his Father. And when the Father sees that I've got a new heart and he knows where I got that heart, then his natural reaction is to fill that heart with his love. So now I've got love filling my new heart. And what is love? It's God himself. Love is not an attribute of God. God is love. So when we receive the love of God, we're actually receiving God himself. So now I've got this new heart. Now it's filled with love. Now I've got the mindset. My soul is in a place where I can fellowship with the Holy Spirit the rest of the day. Now the Holy Spirit is able to show me things through his eyes. He's able to counsel me, to teach me. And as I go throughout the day, I'm, I'm going to see as he sees and I'm going to learn as he's teaching me. So what I'm going to share with you today has really um, just put the last verse in 2 Corinthians that I just quoted on steroids. Um, I'm experiencing more of the grace of Jesus. I'm experiencing more of the love of the Father. I'm fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit more. I'm becoming more aware of who I am and who He wants me to be and how to become that. So you're, you're wondering, well, what is it that God's revealed to you that's making such a great change? Well, I want to warn you right now that what I'm about to say, what I'm going to tell you that God has revealed to me that has just revolutionized my life. My prayer life has changed. 
the word is speaking to me in volumes. Every other scripture is jumping off the page. Every other scripture holds um, just millennia of wisdom and revelation. Um, So everything's changing. I want to warn you, when I tell you what has changed me into this greater level of, of anointing, of my walk with God, it's really quite simple. And when I say it, um, it can easily deflate your hope. Because I know in the church, we feel like we are missing keys to the kingdom. We feel like God is suddenly going to reveal a mystery that he's been hiding from us. And then our lives are going to be revolutionized because we got this one great mystery. But uh, even Paul wrote, the mystery's already been revealed. It's been exposed. It was hidden in times past, but now in Jesus Christ, those mysteries have been revealed. So I, I just want to encourage you, we're not looking for new mysteries. What we're doing is learning how to position ourselves in the mysteries that have already been revealed. And that revelation is an overflow of the hope that God has given us. So I just want to warn you, what I'm going to tell you that has revolutionized my life, and I know that if you will receive this in yourself, it will revolutionize your life. It'll move you deeper into the depths of God's love, His power, His fellowship, His activity in your life. You will begin to see things differently in your life. I promise you. It's not just for me, but this is for the body of Christ at large. And it's, it's happening now because God is positioning His church strategically in the earth to overcome. So I just want to warn you, you might have tuned in today thinking I'm about to hear some great mystery that's going to be revealed and it's going to change my life. And when I tell you what this mystery is, you're going to be deflated and and think, well, yeah, I know that. But friend, if you will let the Holy Spirit uh, give you understanding of this, I promise you it will revolutionize your life. And here it is. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Now abides faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So, in recent years, there has been things unleashed on the earth that has caused Um, all of humanity and even the church to lose hope. Uh, We had hopes uh, three or four years ago of coming revivals, of great harvests of souls, of God's kingdom uh, impacting the earth in such a way that it would just resound throughout the nations. That we, we had this hope that Uh, crooked politicians were going to be exposed and jailed. We had this hope that um, the fulfillment of uh, God's covenant, um, all uh, disciples being made of all nations, just all all this stuff would, would come to pass. We had hope of a greater day. 
Well, in the last couple years, between politics, between health, um, we can throw in finances, um, just all kinds of things. We have lost hope. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. But when desire comes, it makes us a tree of life. So what has happened even to the church is our hope has been taken away and it has made our hearts sick. It has made us weak. So uh, let's go to Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So, like I said, three or four years ago, we had all these hopes, we had these dreams, we had these thoughts that were in our mind of great things that were going to happen, and then now it suddenly seems to be delayed or deferred. It seems like the things we were hoping for um, have faded away. It seems like they have been hijacked that it seems like injustice is having its day. Injustice has come in and robbed America of seeing its greatest days ahead. Injustice has come in and impacted the church um, till there are fewer people that are gathering together to worship the Lord together. Uh, injustice has come. Uh, we're seeing inflation on the rise. Um, what $50 used to buy at the grocery store. Uh, now it's taking $100 to $125 uh, just in three or four years. Um, there are threats of war on the horizon. There are people that are being abused. Um, so it just seems like the darkness has come in and, and begun to rule the earth. And it has. It has. There are demonic powers that are working on the earth and they have been given a level of, of power, but where there is the shedding of innocent blood, they gain more authority. So a couple years ago, I publicly shared some things that the Lord had shown me about um, Isaiah 61, about the darkness having power and gross darkness. Uh, gross darkness means that that power uh, of the darkness has moved above power into the realm of authority. Um, if you have power, you can be a laborer, but if you have authority, you can now be a manager. So what, what power the darkness had three or four years ago, it has now gained authority. How does it gain authority? Through two primary ways. Number one, through the shedding of innocent blood, and number two, by those that that pow that darkness pushes itself upon as we come into agreement with the darkness we are given the darkness authority so when the darkness comes against us it has power but then as we begin to agree with the darkness that darkness gains authority well how do we agree with it because the darkness has come in and created an atmosphere around us until that atmosphere has bled into us and that atmosphere has been of hopelessness and that atmosphere of hopelessness that gave place to the devil has now moved into the hearts of the church and the church is in agreement with the darkness and we just think things are going to keep getting worse and we just wish that Jesus would come back soon and get us out of here well I got news for you friend we're not getting out of here God is not coming to rescue us until 
he raises up his church and his church starts to hit back and start to push back against the darkness. And, and it's not us waiting on God to do it. It's God waiting on us to do it. So concerning Hebrews 11, chapter 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope are the th- is, is the things that are not seen. Um, the scripture talks about hope um, all, through, all through the Bible. It talks about hope. Hope is this. Hope is a heavenly perspective. Hope is seeing Jesus and his promises without any filters of this world. So like I said a minute ago, the enemy has created atmospheres around us. And as we look to the promises of God through that atmosphere, that atmosphere skews our view. So it's kind of like the, uh, a sunny day versus a foggy day. On a sunny day, I can see very far away. There are mountains near where I live. You can go to the top of those mountains and you can see five different states from that mountain on a sunny day. But on a foggy day, you can't see someone who's standing 20 feet from you. So this is what the enemy has done. He's brought the fog in, it's blocked out the sun, and it has caused our visibility to be shortened so we cannot see as well as we used to. So hope is the heavenly perspective. In heaven, there is no fog. In heaven, there are no filters of my vision. I can see clearly. I can see clearly into the past. I can see clearly into the future. I can see clearly now. I can see Jesus without any filters exactly as he is. And this is super important. A.W. Tozer wrote in his book, Knowledge of the Holy, that your ability to worship is solely based on your visibility of who God is. Uh, Those aren't his exact words, but that's basically what he meant. Your ability to worship God is determined by your visibility of who God is. So if the enemy can create an atmosphere around you and cut down your visibility, now he has already stunted your worship. He has, he has prevented you from, from opening up your heart and worshiping God. Why? Because you don't see him as he is. So your, your worship uh, has been lessened and we know how powerful worship is. So God wants to give the church hope. Hope is looking at things from a heavenly perspective and it is seeing Jesus and his promises without any filters of this world. So, we talked about 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now abides faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So, one of the things that the Holy Spirit's really emphasizing to me nowadays is abiding. And this has been something that has, has actually been working in me for years, but I'm beginning to see it differently. Um, so I, I want to uh, encourage you, go back through the scripture, uh, especially the New Testament, and look at the word abide. Um, so when he says, now abides faith, hope, and love, We are longing, God is longing for us to abide in Him. This is scriptural. It's not coming in and out of His presence. 
Uh, we, we talk about people who just worship for an hour or two on Sunday, and then they go live um, the, the rest of the week for the world. But also even among some of the most passionate believers who spend a couple hours a day in prayer, uh, a couple hours a day in the word, they're still being distracted by the things of this world. They're, they're, here's the key. If you want to know if you're abiding in God, anytime you are aware of God's presence, you are abiding in Him. As soon as you are unaware of His presence, you're not there. So the key is to be constantly aware of His presence. Because unless I'm aware of his presence, I'm hindering hearing his voice. And if I don't hear his voice, I can't be led by him. I can't be taught by him. So the power of abiding is faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest of these three? Because without love, there is no hope. Without hope, there is no faith. So just like I was talking a, a few minutes ago, three or four years ago, the church seemed to be alive. It seemed to be so hopeful, seemed to be full of faith. We were dreaming. We were praying. We were pressing in. We were worshiping God. We were believing that things were going to begin to happen on the earth. So what we were hoping for, what we were seeing in the unseen realm we were praying and worshiping so that those unseen things would overflow into the world of the seen things. The things of the realm of the spirit would flow over into the realm of the natural. That is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the disclosure of what we've been hoping for. So when I tell people that I'm hoping for something, um, they cannot see what I see. And I try to find the words to describe what I'm seeing to help them see it. But those things are unseen. They're the things that I hope for. What I'm, what I'm pressing in for is the disclosure of those things that I'm seeing. I'm, I'm wanting them to become evident. So I'm wanting them to go from the unseen realm, the realm of the spirit, into the seen realm, the realm of the natural. So it's just like with healing. If, if we know of someone who's sick, when we pray for them, actually we begin to pray for them out of love. And then that love gives us the vision of the unseen of them being healed. And then we pray the prayer of faith and faith is brought is, is bringing hope back through the veil into the natural realm. So we see many times in scripture where faith, hope, and love comes into being. I'll give you some examples. Here's some scripture. Romans chapter 4 verse 18 says, Abraham believed God. What does it mean to believe? It means to give your whole heart. Abraham put his whole heart into the hope of being the father of nations. So God came to Abraham and he said, look, Abraham, I know you're 80 years old. I know you're well beyond your, your childbearing years, but I'm going to make you a father of nations. And 
um, we see in Hebrews 11 that Abraham had faith and it came to pass. Well, where did Abraham get the faith for that to happen? He got it from hope. He saw what God was telling him. And even though it was unseen to everyone else, Abraham saw it in his mind. And when he saw it in his mind, it was because he gave God his whole heart. So that was the first step. Abraham fell in love with God. He believed God. Believe means to give your whole heart. So Abraham gave his heart to God, fell in love with God. Then as a result, in his mind, he could see the promises of God. And then as a result of that hope, as that hope became more real to Abraham, it filled him up with hope until that hope began to spill out of him into the natural realm. It broke that veil. And when that veil is broke, now what you've been hoping for that was unseen has substance. 